Yo, yo, it's your boy McLovin, and this is another session of Stoop Action. You know, this is your boy Saul, as usual, he chilling on the stoop, talking basketball talk. Um, happy to be here, second episode in the last week, so that's cool. Um, today we're going to be getting into the Paul George, the Paul George thing going on in LA, LA. Kyrie in Brooklyn, the John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins reunion, Greek Feet possibly signing his uh extension and we're gonna definitely get into this new segment i like to call what if um but let's get started y'all let's get it started first off i hope everybody's been having a great week shout out to all my peoples out there all my other podcasters just putting in the work all my um all my small businesses people out there just creating you know all other fellow just you know people grinding honestly just i got a lot of homies overseas playing ball shout out to all my peoples overseas playing balls man i'm i'm watching y'all doing your thing um and just shout out to everybody man shout out to everybody let's get started now um over the last week um i've been dying to talk about this shit and this is the paul george uh paul george debacle in la and um First off, we're going to start with some good news. My man just signed an extension for 190 mil to stay with the, the Clippers for the next uh, five years. Um, and that's a that's a decent deal. I mean, I, I'm always with us. I'm always with basketball players who put out, you know, what I'm saying give their blood, sweat and tears to the game. And I'm, I'm always with them getting paid back um, tenfold with their with salaries like this so you know i could appreciate that so you know shout out to paul george um he definitely definitely deserved the money i don't know about 190 for five years but he definitely deserves some form of compensation for what he's going to bring to that clippers organization nonetheless let's get to the clippers organization now this past bubble this year was um this year was was different for the clippers and the fact that you know the clippers got their hands on Kawhi, who was probably the most coveted um coveted free agent coming into the season last year and then acquiring paul george just off the strength of getting Kawhi, and the fact that they both were la guys that wanted to come back home um i think the clippers definitely jumped on the opportunity and took advantage of the, the moment because honestly at that time it was like you know Kawhi was big it was either he was good we knew he was going back home to la we just didn't know which franchise he was going to play for so that's where the um that's where the that's where the, that's where everybody was kind of like up in arms and we didn't know what was going on and then comes to find out he flies into la he's meeting with the clippers and then the next thing you know they sign with the clippers and he's deep um in in behind the scenes says i'm not coming unless paul george comes which is dope because you know you when you when you when you go to a franchise and you're trying to you're trying to get these wins and these championships you always want to have somebody you could ride with regardless of who it is uh or um not even regardless of who it is you just want to be able to vibe with somebody because when it comes to championships and that stretch in the playoffs when it's just you and the homies and the teams and y'all gotta buckle down and kind of just get in the trenches with each other you want to be able to say you know what this is my guy this is my go-to guy and i think that's a dope, a pretty good you know go-to option for Kawhi, especially with how they both play on a decent defensive end i think it's I think if they really click and Paul George does what he's supposed to, those two wings should not. You can't. You're not supposed to throw a pass coming up court in the Western Conference. 
last year I was expecting to see where nobody could get a pass across half court because you got Kawhi on one end of the, the floor you got Paul George on the other end of, end of the floor and then it's almost like a triangle defense and um, Patrick Beverly locking up your main your main one guard so I always thought that defensive um, triangle was going to be scary to, to to score against and it honestly wasn't and um, back to this whole Paul George thing you know I just thought that that was going to be a good fit I thought they were probably on paper one of the more scarier teams to play against because of just the you just like the sporadic and the, just the on and off switch that they both got fast forward to the playoffs um and they kind of they kind of did their thing in the playoffs they got through a few they got through a few they got through the first round pretty simple <clears throat> wasn't too bad um granted um they they didn't struggle with the team that they played in that second in the, in the first round but when it came to playing the denver nuggets i don't know what happened and um it was scary because these Denver had this little thing, this little routine where they'd be down going into the third quarter. No, going into the fourth quarter of being down. They'll be down going into the fourth quarter, down facing elimination. And for some reason, they have this switch that they turned on and was just beating teams like at the last minute. It didn't make any sense. And the Clippers happened to catch a lot of that um, in the process. Craziest thing about that was they were actually up 3-1 at one point, and to 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 give up a lead like that is almost Golden State like. And I don't mean to you know shit on Golden State, but damn, 3-1 in the finals, and you just beat the Bulls record like you're not supposed to let that happen. But neither here, no, that's neither here nor there. Um, the one thing I will say is just it was it was shocking to see. It was very I was very shocked to see that the Clippers didn't pull it together, especially with that 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 personnel that they have over there. I mean, you got guys like you know Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, and then you have a guy like Mo, Lou Will coming off the bench, who's pretty much they're gonna name the Six Man Award after him if they don't name it after Jamal Crawford. But but you know when it comes to that offense coming off, like you would think that a game plan would be put together and you know back to my original point for paul george to sit there and go on that podcast and granted the beautiful thing about the podcast the beautiful thing about basketball podcast now is there's gonna be it's it's valuable you got guys like um um, richard jefferson with the road tripping podcast you got jj reddick with his podcast you got you got the knuckleheads podcast you got gilbert arenas and his podcast you got LeBron and um the shop which is kind of like almost like a live podcast on HBO um uh, you got all the smoke which is probably one of my favorite podcasts um honestly with uh with uh with Matt and um Stacks so like you got all these podcasts so it's good to hear some of these guys come out but it's just certain things that I don't know that I don't think you should probably come out and say and then when you start coming at um coaching staff like a guy like Doc Rivers um I don't think you have even if you felt that way I don't think you say it because a guy like Doc Rivers has literally he's got a championship and he's 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 legitimate you know what I'm saying um he's he was a player 
You know, he played for oh, good good franchises and Atlanta Hawks back in the days. He was a Nick guy back in the day. Um, shout out to his son for signing with the Knicks. Um, but yeah, you know, Doc Rivers is probably one of those more professional guys that you never you ever come across. His first year, I believe, in um in Orlando took Orlando to the playoffs as a number one or two seed, if I'm not mistaken, and got coach of the year in his first year. So, you know, that was pretty dope to see. Um, but when you when you got a guy like Doc Rivers who coached that Celtics team and coached that Celtics franchise for years and took them to countless um, uh, uh, Eastern Conference championships and, you know, division championships, man, you can't, that's, that type of stuff doesn't go ignored. So, you know, you always got to pay attention to that. So you always, um, but nonetheless, I just think that it was crazy that Paul George said that it was Doc, it was like he kind of placed a little bit of the blame on Doc for not making adjustments in games. And I always believe that though the, the coaches, you know, create that, create the game plan. Like I always believe in strategy and tactics. Um, you you have a, the, the the personnel has the tactics, the leader has the strategy. Now, regardless of whether the strategy was legit, the tactics should have definitely took over when the strategy wasn't working. I mean, I think I've watched multiple different finals and different players just take over the game when it was time. And I just, I mean, in that case, you had Kawhi balling. Um, Montrezl Harrell wasn't really balling. I mean, you got to take over. That's when you assert your will. This is the NBA playoffs. This is where this is where legends are made. And I just think that he fell to the occasion when it came to you know just you know um, rising above everything. I mean, in this case, I think that he. Sh I mean, for you to sit there and say that Doc Rivers didn't make any um adjustments, late game adjustments, game going into these games. I mean, everybody got access to game film and. You know, if you are a player in your craft, not saying he doesn't master his craft, but when you think about the dudes like Kobe and Kobe will be in the film room trying to figure out, well, what are we doing wrong that we need to adjust? And I think that's the difference between uh, striving to be great and being just great. You know what I mean? And I don't know. I just I just felt uneasy about that whole poor George thing with uh with him um just kind of coming at a uh, coming at doc because again doc has a championship so whether you whether you think he made some adjustments and it was his fault that you guys lost the lead you go out there and you play that basketball game he ain't shoot that jump off the side of the backboard you know what i mean so you got to keep that in mind so you always want to pay attention to that now um the beautiful thing about you know that whole situation is you know we still got another year and the beautiful thing is he just signed a ninth 190 million dollar contract so um with that extension at least we get to see more of the Kawhi and pg show but i really thought that whole him and doc going back and not even going back and forth but him kind of come at doc was just like uncalled for especially when you got to think doc has a championship you don't even Kawhi got a championship you know what i'm saying and if if a voice was needed you should have took the reins and did that and you be making up a lot of excuses, my man. Like, I don't appreciate none of that, man. Last year was Dame didn't take a good shot, but sunk a buzzer beat a, a game eliminator in your, your grill piece and try to say it wasn't a quality shot. It was quality, all right. Quality enough to win the game. But um, neither here nor there, you know, I got a lot of, I got a lot of, not 
I'll put it like this. I have a secret eye on the Clippers because of what they have on paper and what they may, may be able to do, you know, going forward. And I love to see underdog stories just, just in, you know, just in sports in general. You know what I'm saying? Even though I'm a Yankees fan, <laughs> I don't mind underdog stories unless, and except if they're the Red Sox. Um, speaking of New York, um, that leads me to my next, my next uh, topic. Kyrie in the Brooklyn Nets. What can I say about Kyrie in the Brooklyn Nets? Um, first off, I'm hyped Brooklyn got a team. You know, that's the home that's home base for me, born and raised in Brooklyn. And um, if there's one thing that's a consummate uh, a big thing in Brooklyn is basketball. So the fact that we got a basketball team. Um, I was around for when it got created. I remember when the um, stadium was built, and it was just beautiful to just kind of experience that and Hove being involved in all the business that came with it and stuff like that. That was cool. And, you know, the first few years, you know, making the playoffs and being able to compete for um, be able to compete in the playoffs was pretty cool for Brooklyn. But, you know, we had a few years where things kind of died down and we start, we stopped making the playoffs. And, as of I would say in the last two, three years, Brooklyn has been kind of making small strides to move forward. Um, signing Sean, um, Sean Marks, um, you know, Spurs, um, off the Spurs lineage, lineage, um, having Kenny Atkinson building that core group into like just break building morals into that core group that way they can follow going into practice and just going into the season um that year D'Lo um D'Lo was in there um D'Lo was uh playing at the point guard I think that was one of the more um that was one of the best the more better seasons they won 50 games and you know D D'Lo was doing his thing he was balling and he was leading that team and you know Brooklyn was one of those sleeper teams where like if you didn't pay attention they could they could catch you and you know and it was just moving all forward now you fast forward and now you got you got Kyrie and now you got Kyrie pretty much um in Brooklyn now where you got a magician on the ball and then you got KD probably one of the greatest scorers this modern day has ever seen I mean this man can pull up from anywhere and um just with the uh I think with the stability they've created and um the culture that they've created in New York I mean in Brooklyn I think they're like destined for greatness and then now you include Steve Nash on the coaching squad and I mean well the head coach you put in insert Steve Nash as the head coach you got D'Antoni as one of his assistants basically drawing up all types of retarded types of offensive schemes for these two I mean I am actually very I mean I was intrigued when they got him at first um there was there was rumors that you know Kyrie and KD were going to go to um to the Knicks and Unfortunately, I am a big Knicks fan, being the fact that I'm from New York. The Knicks are going to make the playoffs every year. You will hear me say this on this podcast all the time. I don't care if they don't make the playoffs. We're going to make the playoffs at the beginning of the year. Real New Yorker knows that the Knicks are going to make the playoffs at the beginning of the year. Um, but in any case, they thought they was going to go to New York and, I mean, go to the Knicks. And that didn't happen. And, you know, that was a big thing for them to pull Kyrie, but to get KD to come too fresh after that stint in Golden State and just, you know, him being able to sign anywhere in a huger market is just dope that he came to New York. And 
I was actually thought I thought he would have went back to Washington, but um, him coming to Brooklyn, not being too far from Washington, and kind of growing up in the area, playing AAU ball with each other, you know, I think it works out. But Brooklyn is definitely like there's a light in Brooklyn right now with uh with KD and Kyrie being there, and it's beautiful to watch. I mean, I was excited for the Brooklyn Nets just being being a teenager growing up watching that um the long island railroad um atlantic terminal go from nothing to the mall then the big space of the lir turning into the what is now the barclay center and um just that area and playing ball in new york i mean it was it was a sense of it was a sense of pride knowing Brooklyn had a basketball team because if you ever come to Brooklyn, it's one of the toughest places to play ball in. I mean, if I mean, I I grew up playing against some of the greatest guards I have ever seen touch the basketball from guys like Malcolm Grant, who's playing overseas right now. Um, my guy, uh, Zamal Nixon, who's also playing overseas, went to the University of Houston. Malcolm played for Villanova in Miami. Um, I got my young guys, Bryce and Brent Jones, who I'm really proud of. They're doing their thing. Um, I got a friend of mine who I played ball with back in the day, Dewan McMillan. He's got a whole program in which he's pushing right now, Humble Development. Follow him up on um, Instagram. Also, follow my man, um, MG3. Um, and Malcolm Grant, MG3 on Instagram. He's got a great little content on his on his page. It's hilarious. And um, I got a lot of guys just playing ball, man. I mean, it's a beautiful thing to watch. I mean, I, I grew up, like I said, I grew up with a lot of different good guards. I mean, guards like it, Brooklyn is guard heavy. Um, uh, the Gary, the Gary Irvins and um, and uh, and Young Lance and Sebastian and. I got a couple other guys in the neighborhood that I grew up in. One of my dudes, L Boogie. Um, uh, it's a bunch of them. My man Malcolm Eggleston, who I used to play ball with, best friend of mine, close, close friend of mine. Um, Shalik Brown, another one of my homies from junior high that went on to win a high school championship um, at um, 365. So I know a lot of guards that just, like, I, I just came up playing with guards. I mean, every every if you had a good point guard in brooklyn on any team then you were destined to win that tournament i swear i watched it happen every summer time and time again whether it was dean street tillery street um uh Broward park kingston park eight ball any tournament anybody had a top point guard they were going to they were destined to win so it was dope that that dynamic of Brooklyn being a guard place and then they get in one of the best guards to do it and Kyrie Irving I mean it's just dope it's really dope to see and I, I really can't wait to witness it I mean honestly the shows that these dudes are going to be putting on coming into the new year and then the Nets are not like their favorites but you know this is their first year really playing together and you got you know Giannis you know, rearing up with uh with Milwaukee, getting some new heads, and then Drew Holiday trying to change the dynamics there. You got Miami, who just went to the NBA Finals, and they're pretty much trying to um they went to the NBA Finals, and they're pretty much trying to repeat that. You got uh Philly, who just got Doc and a few other heads to come, and then you still got the teams that's still there. I mean, shit, Jason Tatum grew two inches over the summer. I mean, what type of shit is that? So, like, I mean, Boston's in the mix. It's a lot of different teams in the mix that's gonna, um, that's gonna really, you know, Brooklyn. I think is gonna come in and just kind of just massacre these dudes. So, I'm looking forward to it. Honestly, I'm really, really looking forward to what they do in in Brooklyn. And, um, 
just what's gonna come just what's gonna come from that and i want to see how it triggers the knicks doing something because um the knicks i mean we've been in rebuilding since like what mellow left and it's been like four or five like five years since mellow left six i mean five or four maybe um and they haven't done anything i mean these guys and they had talent i mean the scary thing is we i think about all the draft picks we missed from michael porter jr and um luca to guys like brandon jennings and oh, the list goes on about how many nick draft picks we missed up on we ain't had a good draft pick since maybe uh who's the last good draft pick Christoph's and he's in Dallas now so yeah so you know you know how that goes but we still gonna make the playoffs don't don't don't, don't get twisted we still gonna make the playoffs um but yeah no I'm very excited to see what happens in um in Brooklyn and and I'm getting tickets as soon as I get the chance and I'm bringing the homies and I think that's gonna be something dope to do because you know when we were in high school we never thought we'd see Brooklyn get a basketball team so that's dope um, now unless that makes me speaking of you know trying to reunion and getting back together um john wall and demarcus cousins in houston man listen this houston thing is like a nice little uh a, it's like as the days go on in houston first you got the drama of you know the last few seasons have been drama filled with houston and it's crazy that you know john wall and deep cut boogie are coming into that because you know houston went from oh you know we were contenders we just need another piece we get a chris paul we got a guy like clint capella in the back and you know you and they push the golden state warriors to seven games they go up on them and then they don't complete the they don't complete the cycle and then the next year it's like oh well you know what chris paul was injured last year so let's give him a try this year same thing happened the next year they they don't they don't pull it out james harden um one of the more the, the one of the elite scorers he's top three top four scorer in the game right now probably it's him kd steph and him kd steph and uh damian lillard for me these guys and you know what jamal murray too is coming too. just kind of pay attention to him because he could put the ball in the hoop but um yeah when it comes to just elite scores james harden is one of them and it's just every time the, the playoffs came it's just like i was hoping that you know we get to see him kind of do some jordan shit where you know i'm gonna drop 40 50 just to kind of eliminate this team and let them know like look i'm here to stay in a lot of that um that a lot of that that uh that feeling and that that switch i don't believe a lot of guys have it this in the nba nowadays and like back in the day you couldn't tell a kobe bryant no not even kobe i'm not even gonna do that you couldn't tell an elite scorer like a gilbert arenas paul pierce ray allen um t-mac uh Steven Jackson, just guys clutch, like guys who could put the ball in the basket. You're not going to tell them, hey, I need you to go out there and go get me a few buckets so we can get rid of these dudes and the dudes don't want the ball in their hand. And they go out and deliver. And that's just been the issue with Houston is like they have all they had all the talent in the world and just couldn't, you know, get over the hump. And it killed me because you had Chris Paul. And when they got Chris Paul two years, two, three years ago, I thought, all right, that's that's different. You know what I mean? Because Chris Paul is a different type of leader and he's a different type of point guard. And then James Harden, James Harden being a point, a, a 
shooting guard built like a point guard is like all right cool you got two balls and it just it some thought it wouldn't work out it worked out to a point where they got as far as the western conference finals and just kind of like so you know they called what they call they shit the bed so that was that but nonetheless i thought that um i thought that I thought that Houston had a chance to beat that Golden State team. If anybody else besides the Cavs focused, I thought could beat that Warriors team. But um, it didn't work out. And then Chris Paul got shipped out. And in comes Russell Westbrook last year, which I'm like, all right, you go from Chris Paul to Russell Westbrook. This should work. Problem was they got rid of Clint Capella. And that's where the problem was. And I don't know. <clears throat> they say that uh, Daryl Morey wanted to go small ball. And it would cause issues for opponents and in some cases it did but you gotta think basketball i mean as much as it's been like as much as you want to play small pole you cannot get rid of your biggest dude or your best defender like you just don't do that especially in this game i don't care how big or small he is you just don't get rid of your best defender and i think that's where the rockets really really suffer because now you got the inside and you don't really have that Clint Capella type of dude in the middle who can go up there and go get a, a block or a rebound and you know what I'm saying or hold down an AD if they can but um I ain't work out so and you know we fast forward to the bubble they get into the playoffs they get knocked out by the Lakers <coughs> and um that was that was that but uh the pickups this summer now we fast forward I mean we're not Oh, it's weird because the the new NBA offseason is not even in the summer, it's in the fall. So fast forward to after the bubble and now the the Rockets go out and sign John well trade for John Wall. Um they trade away Russell Westbrook after a year and then they get John Wall, which I think is very interesting. Everybody's saying the same thing. If John Wall's healthy, you know, to work out. I personally believe this man been sitting for like a good year or so. So I think he's ready to go. Um, John Wall still, to me, is kind of like one of the top um, point guards in the league as far as being athletic, going out there, getting a bucket and leading the team. So I got a lot of trust in him. And then you throw Boogie Cousins in there. Boogie Cousins has probably been one of my favorite centers that has not played in the last few years. And it's it's agonizing to watch it is so agonizing to watch because i got a lot of love for boogie cousins i mean from from how he was a professional learning about sacramento trading him in the middle of the all-star game to the pelicans to actually going to the pelicans they saying that him and ad wouldn't work they actually worked they were very very dominant he gets injured then come to, then he gets waived and released and then you know he's looking for a contract and then boom here come the Warriors and I'm like I right, the Warriors got KD but to have D Cousins now and the starting like now they're just really unstoppable like if they were unstoppable adding KD it just became super duper unfair when the um when Boogie Cousins got there and then for him to um for him to have to sit out come back get injured and then still play on a bad wheel on the playoffs just to get his ring and don't achieve it it hurt and then then last year he gets signed to the to the um to the Lakers and then gets injured again and then now he got to sit out for the rest of the year and you know he wasn't even part of that Lakers squad um when they went into the bubble and then got that ring they ended up waving him to get um if I'm not mistaken uh Jared Dudley and a few other dudes 
um or whatever the case may be so it was rough it was really rough to watch i mean honestly i i i still think he has a lot to give to the game i think he has a lot to give to a team he's been yearning to go out there and kind of be that guy and you just kind of went on like a two-year two-year hiatus in the sense of one year i'm with a team where i'm not the main guy i'm like the fourth dude on the team and now you go back to well you know what i'm gonna be one of those top guys they're gonna look for me to to get some buckets and he still look fresh that um that Washington, uh, that I think who who I think it was the Bulls, the Bulls and Houston that played the other day. I think it was the Bulls and Houston. Bulls and Houston played the other day, and he looked good, man. He still got that jumper. He can hit from three. Um, you know, he's one of the biggest bodies in the NBA. So if you if you take anybody in the post, it's not like you're gonna be able to do anything with him. And then the big dude got handled, which is like scary. So I mean, come on, like that's that's an interesting team in Houston right now. And if Jam I think James Harden stays this year because he sees the interesting dynamic that they have with John Wall and Boogie Cousins having that Kentucky kentucky camaraderie and probably wanting to play again and then you got james harden i think james harden has the the skill set to make that work it's just about the effort my man then gained some pounds so he looking like somebody uh you know i don't want to say it but shopping mall santa but whatever that's neither here nor there and he happened to be and his uniform is red and white so you know i don't want to i ain't gonna take it there but he's still euro stepped the shit out of me so I, I give that to him um, but either way, nah, James Harden, I mean, I think that's an interesting dynamic that they got in Houston right now. And I think, honestly, if he stays, I think they can do something with it. The fact that uh, Dan Tony's gone, they got somebody new, they got some fresh blood in there. I think that, you know, James Harden may be able to kind of deal with it a little bit better. Um, and I mean, you know, it's interesting what they're going to do. It's really interesting what they're going to do, honestly. John Wall comes back half, if he comes back, to 90% of who he was before the injury, I think that team is going to be a problem in the West. And then they're going to be a problem for a lot of squads that don't have like a super duper third third option. Guys like uh, teams like hmm, teams like Utah, Dallas, Utah, Dallas, um, Utah and Dallas and maybe san antonio because i don't really see a third option that can go as go as hard but yeah they really got a big three in houston if they really play their cards right and nobody's paying attention to them i mean they could give i think they would be able to give well no because they'd be able to give the lakers problem but there's no matchup for lebron like like lebron and james harden kind of cancel each other out in the sense of they cancel each other out in the sense of their skill set so you're not going to really be able to have one going up on the other because whereas lebron is going to beat up on the houston's forward Le james harden to beat up on la's guard and that's that happens to be dennis schroeder so i don't know how that would work out but um but as far as everything else i mean well, yeah, too. I mean, that's a nice little boogie's healthy. That's a nice little matchup between him and AD going head to head because they got both. They're both big as hell. So I think that size up is really cool. And then it's all about the X factors and and um, wild cards in the sense of James Harden is the X factor in that. And this young cat, um, the Lakers have a few wild cards. I think that they 
that they gonna hone in on this year that they will end up playing a lot come the playoffs so that's that's pretty cool to look forward to but now nah, houston definitely is one of those teams that um that if you don't pay attention they will they will be one of the they they could really push for like a top four seeding come the playoffs now the next team that rem, that um reminds me of what's going on in houston is uh is is portland i was watching something the other day and somebody said a healthy portland team is scary and you know what i wholeheartedly agree and one reason and one reason why motherfucking carmelo anthony and a few of my listeners who don't like carmelo anthony are gonna be like Saul, why did you bring him up and you know why i brought him up because you know that he is honestly um he's really i think he's really the i think his his um his veteran his veteran leadership and his veteran presence is really important and how they're gonna function and maneuver like i mean i mean like it's just gonna be craziness like and then they held and then they picked up covington from um from philly so now you add a defender that can go in there and help mellow out take the burden off of mellow i mean and well you got a, a, a power forward in which you can go in and throw him in there and kind of you know bang with all the other guys you got carmelo coming back off of a season where everybody tried to say that this this man was gone and he didn't have it still and me personally i i love to see him go out there and just still drop buckets on everybody like lebron been doing in his late 30s so that's a plus dame Lillard is the truth and and i'm i'm praying he gets a ring soon I'm praying he either a gets a ring or or some form of an accolade that that shows his worth because his 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 worth to that Portland squad like you take him off that Portland squad they're not they're good but they're not as good as they they would be with him there so that's a plus then you got Yusuf Nurkic coming back um they signed Derrick Jones Jr which is definitely a nice little pickup to have when you talk about just athleticism coming off the bench um Enos Cantor still there uh at one point if I'm not mistaken Rodney Hood started putting up some buckets a few uh, like a year or two ago so you know waiting to see what he does and then you know I'm not gonna forget about my boy CJ who's just elite and I'm, I'm looking to see him move forward with um i'm seeing him I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him increase his point total per game this year assist and maybe you know his steals his defensive efficiency for that team because i oh I, when when cj started to come to i always would say like yo if he start dropping 30 a game at the same clip dame does they're just as scary as the splash brothers but but at the same time they're not they're different type of like scary with the splash brothers the splash brothers are scary in the sense of you can't like you can't when the two of them are on the floor you can't double team because it's going to leave one of those two open i don't care who you double team if you double team one of them that leaves the other one open and you can't do that because they're pure shooters pure snipers like they they shooting from distance you know what i'm saying no problem they knocking down everything so that's why that that dynamic of the, the the warriors were always so scary to play against whereas this dynamic is you got two dudes who can shoot as far as they want to and create shots off the dribble especially cj cj's great off the dribble like dame is who he is dame gonna be dame but cj can definitely create off the dribble mid-range whereas you know clay 
Clay can do the same, but he's more of a, I'm not dribbling. I'm just shooting. And that's what makes them so scary because he just, I'm not trying to dribble. I just need to shoot. Like, my man had a whole 50, 60 points off of, like, 10 dribbles. Like, that don't even make, that don't add up. That don't even make sense. But all in all, I think that, um, I think that the the, 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 the Portland Trailblazers healthy is a probably one of the more scarier squads in the, in the West, especially with everybody kind of gunning because once the Warriors dynasty got broken up the nba was up for grabs like Kawhi did some really really historic shit i mean beating that team granted it was a, a like a shit storm of uh of um of injuries in the playoffs but at the same time you know in, injuries come with the game you know i hate i hate hearing certain i hate hearing certain um I hate it when people win championships and people say, oh, they won it because this happened and that's that they won. Like, you can't like Stephen A. I love Stephen A, but he keeps trying to say the NBA gave LeBron a severance package, a stimulus package in the form of Draymond being suspended. Draymond knew good and damn well that he was close to that last technical that would have suspended him for a game in the finals. You don't do that shit. I don't care what Stephen A trying to Stephen A, I get it. I get the whole, oh, you know, LeBron baited him, but shit, you know what I mean? People Mike baited mentally or Gary Payton used to bait. Like, that's part of the game. Like, that's the mental part of the game. Like, you know, you can't be mad that he mentally baited Draymond to do some dumb shit and then it cost him a game. That's how, would you, like, I need a championship. Like, and then what did they do? The most unfair thing I've ever seen is sign KD the next year after they lost. Like, come on. But nonetheless, um, nonetheless, you know, that's, that's that um that that's 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 that with that with that particular uh that particular dynamic the dynamic so like the crazy shit is back to what i was saying like um they're 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 i, I just think that um back to without my original point before i kind of go off on a tangent um portland is a scary team they're one of the more scarier teams healthy and um i'm looking forward to seeing what they're doing it's a nice little topic my man the greek freak so before i well when i started this podcast well when i started this episode the funny thing was he it was kind of like in the in the works they didn't know he was talking about him possibly signing with another team and lessening up and what do you know signs a five-year extension worth 220 plus 228 or something like that mil um one of the biggest contracts next to dame's uh dame's contract in the nba in nba history and i don't i mean what more can you say i mean for the greek freak yeah he's worth every penny um granted this man needs to work heavy on his jump shot but I mean, shit. How many people told Shaq to work on his jump shot? That silence was for everybody else to think. Because nobody asked Shaq to jump, work on his jump shot. They just told him to just stay in the gym. Stay dominant. Keep your weight. They really told Shaq. The only thing they told him over his whole career was work on your free throws and keep your weight down. So Giannis, got the he got the weight. He got his weight down already, and then you figure he's got, 
he he's in the gym i mean that man went from being skinny and lanky to pretty much being like like solid like you can't really push Giannis around so when he come down to come down the court looking like an actual dare and he euro step past you it's like forced with the euro step but you can't really you know he banging on dudes at the same time so that's a plus but i'm i i think he definitely deserves all that money i think what happens now is they just develop him from um from trying to go from just that inside presence and trying to be the dominant presence to pretty much being uh all-around player because the dude got a defensive presence and he's a great he's a great defender you know we're not going to talk about his offensive capabilities because anytime he gets in the paint that's an automatic bucket and then you got to think you know he adds that jumper his mid-range and a three-point threat like that bucks team really becomes they become really, really, uns they become a problem because now he gets to spread the floor. And that's what I think when you see him bring the ball up, that's them spreading the floor now for him to go to work. And until he can actually be one of those, oh, I'm going to just pull up in your grill on some KD stuff. Like, I mean, that, that Bucks team is definitely not going to be um the threat that they need to be especially coming out the west i mean east like last year i mean I, it was crazy because you go and you kind of finish with 60 plus wins you would think that that's an automatic all right we going to the champ we going to the ship you know we're going to run through the playoffs and it wasn't the case they got eliminated by that miami squad that um that nobody expected them to nobody expected that miami squad to beat to beat the bucks this year they had the best record they had the two-time mvp and the defensive player of the year so for them not to kind of finish through like it was just it was it was it was definitely different it was definitely it was definitely crazy to see them get eliminated the way they did even last year um watching Kawhi hold like you know lock Giannis down and it's funny because I remember I was working at I was working at a uh, fabric place and they was and the dudes and they was like yeah you know I think like yo you know the Bucks gonna get rid of the Toronto I said nah Toronto gonna put Kawhi on Giannis I said man all Giannis gonna do is take him in the post and blah 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 I was like all right Kawhi's long he's got a nice little wingspan so if he stay in front of you he gonna stay in front of you so like and they did he did just that i mean i had never seen it like he shut down his 610 dude Kawhi being a whole 67 so you know i mean now that's one of the most impressive things about that that series was how he just asserted himself defensively to take on the mvp at that time of the league so um shout out to him but uh he and i Giannis getting his 220 just confirms that he's going to be around he's going to be in Milwaukee for the next five years and that they're going to be trying to work around him he's um bought into what they got planned for him he likes it there um and i think he could possibly bring people to Milwaukee to play with him it's just about them getting a little bit better because there's a lot of people who you know kind of want to play with him because of his like freakish athleticism i mean this dude is 6'10 and can gallop a he he literally takes maybe five steps from baseline to baseline and can be at the basket that's impressive to me and it, it, it reminds me of Shaq when Shaq would go coast to coast couldn't stop him he dribbled once or twice in front of you and then go dunk on you with two hands and it was just nothing you could do because of just the force that comes with it and um it's it's impressive to see it's impressive to watch and uh i'm excited to see what uh what Milwaukee brings and what their management their general management does there because i mean you know you got a great coach in Budenholzer. um you got a 
you got a, a phenomenal talent in um in Giannis. You got decent you got decent shooters in DiVincenzo and my and Eric Middleton, the other all-star there. You just picked up Drew Holiday, which was I think very big in the sense of now you've got somebody now you gotta get past Drew Holiday to even get to Giannis type of thing. So that's pretty cool. And then Drew can actually handle the ball and put the ball in the basket a little bit differently from what Eric Bledsoe gave the team. So that's something definitely look forward to. So um shout out to them. Um, I'm looking forward to see what uh, what um, what comes of that. What comes of this this big contract and what follows and who maybe might want to come play with him um, when it comes to uh, when it comes out. Um, so we almost towards we almost towards my well we're actually at my favorite one of my probably one of my favorite segments i think that's going to be part of this podcast is my what if segment and what i do in this segment is usually just pick a player and you know give it the what if situation especially a player who we didn't really get to see you know fulfill their um fulfill their true i guess i want to say destiny or um i guess i want to say career or prime 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 climax if that makes sense hey yo um i want to talk about i want to i want to talk about the players who kind of got to their prime and didn't really get to enjoy the longevity of it and what it, it does for your career and um the first person i'm gonna talk talk about in this particular segment is um brandon roy now if some of y'all don't know who brandon roy is brandon roy played for the trailblazers was drafted in 2006 um lottery at that drafted six actually wait did i have to get that right uh yep six overall drafted in 26 he was selected by the timberwolves and traded to the portland trailblazers that's i believe that same night he went on um he went on to be an all-star three years um in a row all nba second team all nba third team uh was the rookie of the year in 27 in 2007 all nba first team it was an all-american in college uh pack 10 player of the year before he got there all pack 10 um at washington um, for the washington huskies and what can i say about brandon roy um first off brandon roy oh and uh brandon roy first off was damn near won a unanimous uh vote for rookie of the year i just want to kind of throw that out there i just seen that i totally forgot that yeah so um so yeah so brandon roy brandon roy brandon roy brandon roy what can i say about brandon roy what i will say is that i would say after his i say he was one of my he was one of those dudes where i didn't think you know what i'm saying he not that to say he had he didn't have it he was just he looked different he was differently built than some of the the shooting guards that were coming up at the time i mean in 06 you had you still had kobe t mac ai paul pierce ray allen you still had these dudes in the league so he definitely was a different type of player from them but i mean this dude could put the ball on the floor and just put it and just go i mean in portland these guys became within i would say a year or so they became a a a a, a contender with him because now you had i think that 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 when he got drafted they had a young lamarcus Allridge, um a very young nicholas Batum uh wesley matthews um it was a lot who else did they have 
Brandon Roy, Steve Blake. It was a few people in that squad, but um, nonetheless, like he was he was a problem. I mean, once he got into the swing of things and got comfortable to the NBA, we noticed that he started taking he started started going off started started like i mean 40 point games 50 point games um in the month uh, he was named uh western conference rookie of the uh rookie of the month in the, uh january february and march of this rookie year um i mean this dude like um he really took off really the next year when he was um when he played 48 the first 48 games was dropping 20 a game he was selected as a reserve in the uh 08 uh all-star game um and that and he was really like he was really starting to come in too he kind of um kind of started killing i mean he but the only thing was he started having real bad small minor injuries that would kind of take him out and you know this started to kind of be a question whether or not he would be able to um he'd be able to go but i mean the the, the injuries nonetheless the injuries in his 08 09 season two years in that's when he really started to kind of jump off and i mean he went into um um opening day uh let me see something he missed his opening day and then when he came back scored 52 on the phoenix suns um then went again went on to uh become another get another reserve uh reserve uh position in all-star game in 09 um and finished ninth in mvp voting that year um which was pretty cool um signed the max deal the year after that he was selected to be a uh a actual um another reserve on the 2010 NBA uh, all-star team um, and then some of the injuries started happening I mean knees yeah arthroscopic knees I think I remember that yeah uh, the knees the knees the knees sorry I didn't mean to go silent on y'all I didn't really mean to go silent I was just reading a little bit about reading about his uh his injury with his knee and um I I remember I remember the right and the left knees of him going down it he he was one of those players once he kind of you seen the trajectory and you seen where his ceiling was. You seen where, you know, he was giving Kobe Bryant fits and he was giving all these guards fits, but he couldn't stay on the floor because of those knees. And that's the one thing about the NBA is it's a running it's a running sport. So you need your knees when you're gonna be, you know, going sprinting and stuff like that. And you know, the damage and the toll that his knees were taking, you know, going through these surgeries and these procedures before games, you know. If I'm not mistaken, he injured himself in um in the playoffs in 2011 against the Mavericks, and that was it. And um, no, actually 2010, and then there was a lockout, and that's where he retired. Um, and um, it was really sad to see him go because Brandon Roy was one of those talents where it was like you knew he was going to be one of those. He was going to be here for a few years, and he was going to be a problem. And if he got the time that he needed in Portland, Portland probably would have been a little bit more of a contender. Um. A little bit more of a threat and you can see where portland was starting to kind of get 
you know their their footing they had drafted greg Oden, if i'm not mistaken um when they had got brandon roy had lamarcus Aldridge. They, so they had talent and it was looking good but that brandon roy um injury really hurt the franchise's um hopes of trying to stay competitive because he was he was the he was the spark plug he was the energy and you know for them to lose that i mean that was it was really really it was really rough on the team and rough on the franchise going forward and you could tell from how you know the years they would have early exits and Paul and Lamarcus Aldridge kind of stepped up and started becoming the go-to guy, and it got to be a lot for him. And then, you know, next thing you know, he's in he's in San Antonio. So, um, but nonetheless, you know, that was definitely um, that was definitely one of those those players that I, I I watched, you know, growing up. You know, just kind of being a little bit of a Kobe hater because I was an Allen Iverson fan. You know, I was like, ah, oh, let's go, Brandon Roy. Um, but you know, to see him go down was definitely um definitely rough but the the dope thing is there's always life after basketball with guys like him and he ended up going back to washington state i mean washington state to be the um huskies coach if i'm not mistaken and um and it's really dope you know these guys don't give up on their dreams of just staying um associated with the nba and staying associated with basketball because it don't stop there you can always give back with your brain and i can see how you know he went from doing that to just kind of giving back that way and it's really 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 dope to see so shout out to brandon roy um um you my first you're my first player in my what if segment so you know look forward to the rest of my what if segments i got a lot of different guys that i've watched over the years that didn't get the chance to really um really uh reach their peak or their maximum due to injuries or due to some other stuff so i'm i'm looking forward to this segment of the show um but look that's it man i think i've covered everything you see brand uh paul Drills, Kyrie, houston Brandon Roy, Portland, Greek Freak, yeah, I think I got everything, well, look, um, it's been real, y'all, man, it's been cool, let's, um, let, um, talking to y'all, uh, second episode in the week, so I appreciate y'all just tuning in, um, I'm gonna be back in a few days, I got a few other topics I gotta, I wanna talk about, I got a few homies of mine, actually, that, uh, gave me a few topics to talk about, so I think I'm gonna do an episode full of, I'm gonna call that the homie, the homie cast, um but yeah no i'm looking i I love talking to y'all i love um just you know the people that's listening to um listening and i appreciate y'all listening to my insight um i don't ever i don't ever shy away from people with critiques or suggestions or advice or opinions of the show so please don't hesitate to give me opinions about the show what you think can be better what you think i should stop doing what i should do more of and um i'm i'm just i'm I'm just excited about this i'm i'm excited where this podcast goes i got a lot of different stuff i want to do and people i want to talk to and you know i i appreciate y'all going along for the journey with me so um, it's been another episode of Stoop Action. This is your boy McLovin. I am leaving the stoop because I can hear the cops coming. Bye.